Hello and welcome to UK Cowboys Fans TV. Um, as you may notice, Mike is normally hosting tonight, but he's having a wee bit of technical difficulty, so he will be with us just shortly. But uh, as always, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, that is Lorne. How are we, my man? Oh, doing not too bad. Doing good. Um, bit uh, shaken up by the news about Dave Hellman leaving the Cowboys, but at least he's not going too far down the road, so... Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for him. We on it, like he's like you said, he's not going to be like moving away away from Cowboys Nation. He's still going to be reporting. So, for anyone that doesn't know, our good friend and longtime employee of the DallasCowboys.com staff writer Dave Hillman is going to be moving on to Pastures New. He's taking a new position at Fox Sports covering the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, massive congratulations to. Dave, and yeah, um, after watching the Talking Cowboys, I think it was, was it the Talking Cowboys podcast yesterday? Uh, Cowboys break. That's the it one, was quite, sorry. It was quite emotional, yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it was quite emotional, so um, you can tell Amber was getting quite emotional, getting quite a bit teared up and that as well, and yeah, I, but even though like, I, I'm going to see Dave anyway in December, but even just watching that, I was like, man, that's pure, pure getting me the feels, you know what I mean? So, oh, I know, I know, I don't, I, I don't know how you could watch that without actually being affected by yeah. it, yeah, so. yeah. So, and, no, and, and nobody, nobody's, you know, as, as Derek says, you know, there's maybe inter office politics, but Dave's never part of it, you know, he's no, always he, he's he, he, he pretty much kind of went his own road on that, uh, he, like in a way, like and date, like. I don't know, like, he did have always that, that little bit of rebellious side to him when it comes to being in the building. Like, for every time every time I've mm. been, to, been to the star and seen him, he always had that kind of, yeah, whatever, like, just just kind of, like, getting on with the job, what type of thing, working hard, like, so, yeah, but once again, massive congrats to Dave. And, uh, Dave, if you're watching, be sure to go and check your mailbox because I have seen you a wee gift, so... Um, should be on your way in the next couple of weeks. So there we go. Um, but yeah, um, back to the Dallas Cowboys just in general. Um, we're still, obviously, we're still waiting for Mike to kind of take over the room here. And, and I'm trying my best. Yep. He's he's the one that's got the whole um, set list of what we're to talk to talk about today. <laughs> so um, and we're pretty much free balling at, at the very moment. So um, obviously with um, OTAs, minicamp, well, Minicam kind of finished a little bit early, as we may have noticed. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you noticed uh, on social media, I think it was Nick Ralston that actually posted the video of the, the guys at Top Golf in Frisco. Yeah, so, yeah. and uh, what's your thoughts on the, the, the golf technique? <laughs> uh, I haven't as I haven't actually seen the video, so uh, you'll need to elaborate a bit more on that. But um, it, it, it's more about the sort of social aspect and building Absolutely. building the chemistry within the team. So um, yeah, uh, it's something you have to do every year. I mean, even, you'll you'll know from playing with the Pirates that you you have yeah. a new intake. You have guys dropping out every all all the time. Um, you know, and you've just got to try and get used to them, learn some of the little foibles and intricacies in a social setting so that you can use it when you're on the field and you have an understanding of, 
better understanding of where they need to be on on a play or whatever. So, absolutely. Um, I mean, I mean, um, and like yourself, Lon, you've played as well. You played for the Edinburgh Wolves back in the day, and uh, it's it's for, for for me like when I came at like this is not to say as much of a comparison, but when I first joined playing for the the Pirates, it's like you're trying to learn nearly every individual's name, what they're about, what their position is, and beyond that. Like, And when you really think that, that break that down to, if you're having a whole squad to, to go out and you're trying to get to know them, try and get that chemistry going, it's a lot of relationship building within a short space of period of time. So these yeah. wee days out or whatever and that is so crucial and fundamental. People can, uh, people can complain and say they should be focused on football. I totally agree, but without the bonding outside of football and getting that, get to know the person, what the like, just get to know them as a person. There's more that um, I don't know, like that, no psychological, like get to know, like like that, like you know what I mean, like you like say for example, like Dak and Dalton Schultz, they have that security blanket along with each other right now. So obviously they two have been working uh, quite a lot off season and stuff like that. So I find that does play a big massive part to that. And and I was on a the a Star Gang, which is now now called uh, the Pick Six show. Uh, pick, right. well, pick, pick six sports. Sorry, I do apologize. Big shout out to uh, to Nix and Spoonie at Pick Six Sports. Uh, so, um, uh, so I was on there last night, and uh, <laughs> and Jay Tuck came on the show as well, and coming live from Dubai. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> so, so just just to put this in, and I, I know I'm jumping over the gun here, but just to put this in perspective again. So, here's me about four o'clock in the morning. In so in our time here in Scotland, right? Yeah. Then, then you've got Spinney who's in New York. Then you've got Nix who's in um, Dallas, and I can't remember where Matt, uh, which is Professor O. Big shout out to Professor O. Um, I can't remember whereabouts in the states he stays again. But then you've got Jay Talk, who's even more hours behind. <laughs> like he was literally like three hours ahead of me, like seven a.m. So you can see the whole. It's world international, but oh, anyway. I... But as I was saying, uh, back to the point, it's like so. I was on their show, um, in the early hours of this morning or last night, if you were in, in the States. Um, we were kind of talking about the team bonding and stuff like that, and and everyone's kind of in that mutual agreement where it is very fundamental. We do need that, yeah. I mean, if, if you go back to you, you you need to almost put it into a sort of military context, and you know all the guys have to barrack down together um, at, at least in the early stages. And I mean, if you go back to some of the best armies, going back to the Spartans back in ancient Greece, you know they Spartan, they basically yeah. lived together from the age of five years old, and you know ate together, fought together, slept together, all that sort of stuff, and um, not literally, obviously. Um, but you know, obviously, that's how you build your team, um, so that especially when things do go wrong, you know, nobody starts turning around and backbiting each other or whatever. So, absolutely. Um, Talking about my computer again, are we? Oh no! And I was going to introduce you, uh, introduce you back in there, but, but yeah. now you kind of spoke already. That kind of that kind of that's that idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so, yeah. so, so, so I mic's back, everyone. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Damn stupid Windows updates. I just decided, literally, as we pressed live, it was like, and I'm doing an update. So I just right. literally spent right. the last five minutes trying to kill it. Like, no, right. you can stop doing that. Right. Well, so just to give you a quick recap, we kind of talked uh, talked about uh, the helmet. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of briefly talked about the, the golf there, at top golf in Frisco for the guys uh, after mini camp there. So that's what we've just briefly talked about. Yeah, right. Well, just to let you know, while we've been away, we did have Big Game James coming on, left work early to come and uh, join us. And uh, their town, in the midst of a heat wave, has no power. They've had a power cut. Oh. Yeah, oh. He's, just, he's literally <laughs> he's just got in and he's like, I can't cook food. I can't grab a drink. And I have Damn. So I will try and speak to him and try and get him on for next week um, when we talk about the pass rushes. Um, uh, big shout out to Big Game James as well. Always bring yeah, it yeah. Um, I'll just message him very quickly um, and uh, say, we'll shout yeah. you out. Um, uh, but yeah, guys, be sure to get your comments in. Like, tell us what you think. So get the comments yeah. in. What you, get, let us know what your thoughts are right now at the state of the team. How are you feeling going into um, pretty much going into camp? All that type of stuff. You want to hear? Yes. Yes. So, all right. Uh, so, should we hit the news and updates? And Let's go for I'll it. give you some news because I've got some good questions to ask you guys. You all know. right. Sweet. All right. Let's hit it. Uh, okay. So. Um, first of all, we already posted on our social media um, about um, comments made about Dak running the ball more. Um, Mike McCarthy's come out and said, look, yeah, part of the offense install we've done uh, during OTAs and the one day of minicamp, which we'll get to in a minute about the one day, um, is they want to use his mobility more. Um, he's a big guy. So why not use it? He is good on his feet. Um, one thing I did notice, I don't know if you guys noticed this, though, that he's looking awfully lean. Lean. Yep. 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 And uh, and it's been confirmed by his brother as well. Ah, okay. I yep, do like so, a bit of Tad. Yeah, so Tad uh, made the comment. I think it was uh, Mike, or Mike, I can't pronounce his second name. Mike, it starts with a G. He's uh, Gelkin. NFL. Gelkin. That's the one. Mike yeah. Gelkin made the report and uh, Tad Prestor made the comments and it's like, yep, sure does. Because mm. I, I will say one thing. I, I don't know what you guys think. That the last couple of years, like he is a quite a big guy. He's, 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 a he's, he's, he's put mass on for sure. Yeah. Look, like, Dad, on the top has... half. Oh, no, I, I think he has. Like, when yeah. You really think, I, I, he, yeah, I think. He was bulky you know, he's, on the top he, half. He's put he's put muscle mass on, but he's got rid of whatever you know. He's I, I, I'd hazard he's probably about eight, nine, ten percent body fat, maybe if yeah. that. Yeah, and um, you think like go on, go on. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. And it it does seem to be a sort of um, a, a character of Mike McCarthy's teams that they are not necessarily big lumbering. Oofs, as as they used to be in the sort of eighties and nineties, mm -hmm. this is this is a sort of McCarthy trait: is that the team is small, speedy, um, you know, Dynamic. get around the get around the ball and all that. And you saw that last year with Tyron Smith being a three hundred pound man with a six pack, 
uh, Lyle Collins was was the same. Um, you know, it, just about everybody I think was actually sort of getting trimmed down last year. Um, I haven't seen too much about it this year, but yeah, Dak certainly looks a lot skinnier this year. Yeah, and you think what that's going to do... Sorry, Paul, I'll let you interject now. But I was just going to very say quickly, what that will do, not just his mobility um, and his agility, but think about how that uh, helps him in uh, avoiding uh, sacks. Exactly, and and I made the point of this to um, a Professor O and a Nick's yet, a, the early hours this morning. I, I joined the, the show, um, and we were t- trying to talk about this, about the run-play option. And, yeah, yeah. And, and this... Is going to, if not anything, it's going to take the pressure off our offensive line for sure because they're not going to be getting as blitzed all the time. That's mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. It's also on Dak as well, and it's going to keep defenses more thinking about to see if Dak's going to run the ball or like whatever. Is he going to take off? It, it just opens up more opportunities for like more effective plays. So I am yeah. well and truly well up for that. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and here's one for you. I don't know if you guys noticed this as well, right? While we're on the subject of lean, because nobody's writing about this, right? I noticed one thing as well, and it was during a interview we had. Demarcus, Demarcus Lawrence, Lawrence. Looking lean. I knew you were going to see it. Yep. I knew you were going to see it. Nobody's yep. talking about it. He looks skinny, but he's keeping himself very quiet as well. He's he's not like he's you know like in all fairness like during the whole hot boys era like deal law was all about the social media and stuff like that Mm -hmm. he's taking a completely different demeanor going into this season he's looking slight like like he's i'm happy like and here's the good thing as well we were kind of talking about everyone seems to be really healthy right now like Mm -hmm. like in terms of terms of dak in terms of zeke in terms of deal law so it's promising very yeah. prominent. and I'm still and I'm still gonna hold this whole narrative that like I'm I'm not gonna um dedicate myself to say okay I think we're gonna do this and I think we're gonna do that I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna wait till week one then start making my assessments going forward after that again because yeah. I because I, I don't because we've got training camp to do anything can happen and I don't want to be putting myself in the pedestal and saying Oh, you said this. You think you're going to be Super Bowl champs, all that stuff? Like, no, nah, we can't. We can't. We can't be doing that. We need to go by what our good friend Brad Sham always says: take one game at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, well, you know me. I just love to analyze every little piece of it. I know, dude. That's, I know. That's me. <laughs> that's me. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing: why I like D'Lo looking that way is when you th- think back to early D'Lo, early Dallas Cowboys D'Lo. And like, you know, like the Lions playoff game when he gets like back to back fumbles against Matt yeah. Stafford, you know, to, to end the game. When you think that's he was slight then, he was he was skinnier, you know. And I, I think that's just gonna do wonders for him in terms of because at the moment you think is it a bigger defender, you put some weight on, you kind of lose that bend and that edge. Suddenly he starts to get that back. Well, same could be said for Cameron Jordan right now for the Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a prime example. He's bulked up, but you're not seeing him as being like he's still disruptive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you're not seeing the bend as much anymore. You're not seeing that change of direction, that sharpness mm-hmm. as much in him. But is it because it's becoming a more of a a power threat in terms of the build rush and stuff like that, and more power moves in terms of the hands? Absolutely. Yeah. 
But in terms of in terms of in terms of if he's on the weak side of the ball, it could be the exact same scenario for Demar uh, uh, for for D Law. Mm. I I like it. I I, I like what I'm seeing so far. Um, because I tell you another thing, something we wrote about last week as well on our social media was Tony Pollard in his usage. A lot of 20 man personnel shifting Pollard out into the slot. I know they're down wide receivers at the moment for various reasons. Um, but I, I like the move that that's something I'm looking into and, and quite enjoy. A name that's popped up as well this week, one of Paul's favorite names is Sam Williams. He's making splashes. He's, yes, he's he come is. from yeah. OTAs. First day in, and I've made all my notes uh, here a minute on the uh, one OTA we have. Mate, you're, you're making you're making it sound as though I am actually completely fully against someone, <laughs> which I am not. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know, am. I know. Like just just for the for our listeners right now and viewers, it's like. I do not hate Sam Williams. I just was not a fan of the fact we drafted him in the second round, but because we drafted Tolbert the third round, it kind of makes up for it. So I'm okay with it. But at the same time, if he can improve on the things that I flagged out, which is being too upright when which he's actually, fine. which is fine, but something yeah. can be fixed and actually improve his. Uh, Improve oh no, 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 I mean, fine, you saying that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and if he can improve his bend, then great. And I'll eat, and I'll be more than happy to eat humble pie. More than happy to. Like, yeah, and I mean, I, and, I, and that's and that's one thing we love to do is like we like to be proven wrong as like fans. To be wrong, we love to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, very, and I mean the true. the one thing you've got to like about Sam Williams is the interviews he's given so far. He knows he's coming in as a, um, you know, a novice almost. He knows he's got a lot to work on. Um, you know, he has he has potential, he has traits that Dan Quinn loves. Um, you know, you know, he, he actually looks like a Micah Parsons 2.0. They actually put them side by side. They almost look like they're from the same mother. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think quite a few people have actually commented that sort of they look like twins and what have you. Yeah. If you've got, it takes a while it, to see it, but once you do, you can't unsee it. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you I can get them playing off each other, a slim dip D law, you've got um Golston who's put on twenty obviously we'll be discussing later on the defensive yeah. line. Golston's put that, on about a... twenty pounds of mass. You know, he's he's obviously looking more, probably more to be a, a three technique uh yes, tackle more I, than anything absolutely. else. Um the, this defense, I mean if on obvious passing downs, I mean, bringing Dante Fowler as well, you could have, yeah. you could practically have everybody in that defensive line just flying to the ball. Um, and, like that NASCAR you know, this... defensive line, the NASCAR. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I like the NASCAR setup. I, I like that. I think it's a very, and you know, it worked for Seattle when Dan Quinn was yep. there. So it could be something they're moving towards. I would say. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I'm with you all the way. Here's a question for you guys. Are we ready to start when we see Micah Parsons do what he's doing? Are we ready to start the Micah Parsons to defensive player of the year yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we'll start that then. Okay, I'll make a start on that this weekend. Um, some other news, some random ones. Jerry Jones um, took shots at the mayor of Dallas for... Um, the idea of a second team in Dallas made his comments 
made them very public. That only as one team, and the only one be only be one team only. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was talking about Sam Williams as well. Uh, just so you know, um, he had in, in his last practice, and this is unofficial. And I know it's not in pads and in shorts and t-shirt. Four sacks uh, that included three against Matt Wolletsko, one against Terrence Steele. So it's just something uh, I just wanted to add in there. But here's the most important one. Dalton Schultz was back this week. Came back to mandatory minicamp. So the holdout is finished. Um, there is conversations. Funnily enough, I was speaking to Dave Hellman, not yesterday, day before. Well, I was speaking to him yesterday as well. Um, but... Uh, speaking about uh, the whole Dalton Schultz situation, they are in talks, and it does sound like they lead into it. But what I thought I was going to do is ask you guys, would you be willing at this stage to give him a long-term contract, like a three- or a four-year contract, Yeah. if if it meant paying more than the franchise tag? Yeah. When you, really yeah. bring, when you think about it right now, how the market is doing right now, it's only going to go up. It's only going right to go up. Okay. It's only going to go up, right? And the, the way, if his progression and his uh, skills are always increasing every single year, and bear in mind, he's only really played a year and a half solid for the Cowboys, really. He's been back up to Jarwin. He's been back up his first string since we drafted him. So he's really played a year and a half, but within that year and a half, he's he's actually had more production than David and Joko's ever had, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I and and that's another thing as well. Like people will say, oh, if he just paid more than Joku, oh, it seems a bit too much. But like if you were to categorize all the tight ends in that list, like your, your Kelsey's, your Kittles, and, and Dronks and whatever, and then you've got the two tight ends. It's in uh, New England are all pretty much in the exact same salary. Like when it's like thirteen point mm. two million, that's mm. Hunter Henry and someone else. I can't remember, but like if Schultz was to get that, then that's fine. But the next tight end after that, who could be I don't know, it could be a new contract negotiation for Kittle. He may actually go up and set the new record or something yep. like that. Mm. So it's only going to go up. So if we can try and get nail it down as early as we can, then fine. Like, but yeah, if yeah, I mean, the obviously the, there were three tight ends that were at franchise tag this year, and Joku's okay. signed a long term deal. Yeah. Gesicki for Miami. Um, is the next one and realistically you want it in there before that um now do you want to pay more more than the asking price perhaps i mean the, the worst thing you want is next year again he, he balls out this year and you're in another sort of dak prescott situation where it's either tag yeah. him and you've got to pay him it's 20 percent over the 11 million so you're probably talking about 13 and a half 14 million um you know and you're then sort of thinking oh my god um people will be people will be spewing about the fact that you're paying 13 million for a for a one-year deal or anything like that if you can get him under contract you know the the Njoku contract that they he has um you, you can move on from him after two years. So it's yeah. not a case of being a progress stopper for Jake Ferguson if Jake Ferguson balls out. Don't forget, well, yeah. don't, don't forget Jarwin, like, he got a good decent contract himself and look what happened with that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it, I was running out one more point, Mike, sorry. But yeah. like, like, so 
a Spoonie made this made this point last night or this morning. It, it's more to do with, like who else do we have? Like like we've got of obviously we've obviously got Lamb, right? We've got Schultz, who is pretty much the safety blanket of the team. But mm-hmm. who else is there out there that can actually come in and actually probably earn that type of money or be or like fill that position up? Like you, you can say, yeah, we'd have brought in Jake Ferguson, but he's nowhere near going to be that same level as Schultz is right now, like because of the, his development. Like he's going to have to develop to get up to that level. So, mm. and in that case scenario, it's like if we take Schultz out of the game, who are we going to put in to be that? Safety blanket essentially. There's no really mm. no one when you really do think about it because we're 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 Gallops out for well he, he's on the way back to recovery. Tolbert's out as well. So essentially Tolbert's back we, in. Tolbert's back in. Is he not? Yeah, and he's no and it's he's James, Wash, it, James Washington that's James Washington is through. is not yeah, yeah. But Tolbert's in and catching touchdowns. All right, okay. Yeah. And, and working on punt returns as well, so he'll probably yes. take over from CD Lamb for punt returns. Okay, I must have misread mis- mis- something. My apologies, but um, oh, yeah, but, 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 you, but you get the idea though. Like, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. It's limitations like, on the offense. Like, it's limitations in our squad. Yeah, yeah. More yeah. than anything, mm-hmm. it's like that's why we're going to have to pay Schultz the more money because we know he's going to contribute. Yeah. To the, team. Now, now, <clears> the only issue you've got, right, is once I run through this list, tell me. Because these are contracts that are coming up. If Schultz is more important than them, Tony Pollard. Because that's fourteen million. That's fourteen million you'll take away that you can't pay him. It doesn't matter. So you're saying Schultz is more important than? No, is he? Is he? Yes, I would say so. Okay, is he more important than Trayvon Diggs? Right now. Right now, yes. He's more important than Trayvon Diggs. Right now, okay. I would say, like he's he's our tight end number one right now. All right, no, uh, okay. Like he he's pretty much playing playing right receiver number two essentially right now. What about CD Lamb? No, because if you sign him to a long term deal, that's money you're taking away from those three players that are coming up for for contracts. As well as throw in other players like Tyler Biadish. I mean, depending well, on what they uh, want to do with him. It, well, you you, you say you say that, mate. But if we're gonna start doing what the Rams are probably doing, who get who gives a crap? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I you know, I'm just saying that uh, it's easy for everyone to just go look. What have we got? We haven't got anyone, so we need to pay shots. But it's like, yeah, but you got to think of the stepping stones that that Yakowit creates for the rest of the squad. And you can't pay these players that money if you're paying him because you've only got so much money you can play with because Dak's contract is going to chew up whatever safety blanket you've got because they've restructured his contract. It makes it cheap now, but more expensive later. And that's at a time yeah. when you want to play Schultz, Diggs, Lamb, you know, you, there's uh, a whole yeah. string of players. What, what do you want to do with Malik Hooker? What, you know, Donovan Wilson. These are all players that are going to be asking for their money. I, I, again, I mean, looking back the the Njoku contract, I mean, Njoku is only a three million cap hit this year, eight million next year, and then all the guarantees are gone, and you can actually move on and save five million in twenty twenty five, uh, twenty twenty four. Sorry. And you're so, hoping the cap is going to go up enough to to touch yeah, in the blood. Yeah. Yeah. So if, get him signed to the deal now, rather than 
next year you're sitting there and you're going to be more expensive yeah and you've got another 20 20 players who are potentially walking out the building and you're you're wanting to sign 15 of them or something Uh, like that yeah chris and a lot of people are not actually like like you said there um more like not enough people are actually kind of looking into the the further details of uh, joko's contract it's actually not that bad in terms of what it does to the cap essentially Um, they are locked into him they are locked in they, they, they can't move on from him. That That is one big thing. But what I would do, because like I can counteract my own argument with Schultz, is if you were going to do it, you've got $23 million in, in extra cap now. So why not, like you say, if you are going to do it, do it now. Overload it at the front end. So come when it gets to Trayvon Diggs, not next season. Well, it will be the end of next season. The talks will be on. But at least that the season after, the cap isn't that bad because you've front-loaded it. With the extra cap you yeah. had, with Latin next year's cap, so then it, it's kind of like you 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 use that to, to take it out for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about that that stood out to me, and then I'll quickly talk about OTA uh, OTAs and mini cam, um, which is something that sprung up. Talking about the battle for RB three. Now, for me, this is the thing to look for in cam. You got Rico Dowdle, Jaquan Hardy, and then the the new guy Malik Davis. I know there's a couple of other guys in there, but yeah, not too concerned about. For you guys at this stage, without going too much into depth, what are you guys hoping for? Not the player, but what would you hope for out of a running back number three? Special teams goes without saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think it has to be a perfect mixture between what Pollard does and between what Seat does. Okay. Like, and and I'm not trying to, like, like, I know you're saying, like, don't try and pick the player, but there's one player that does kind of stand out in my mind, and then that's Jake Warren Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I was asking that question first, because you're going to say, I want a nice blend. Somebody who can come in on third down, um, if needs be, you know, he's a nice spell. If one of the two guys gets injured or Pollard's being burnt out because they've used, used him across the field so much, yep. Hardy's going to come in, yeah, and he can make those moves. I, I'm telling you, RB3 this year, pay close attention. Um, but here we go. I've got some notes on mini camp. Now, there has only been one day of the three-day mini camps. Um, that is in terms of full team practices. Um, now, Mike McCarthy has made a comment earlier about why they turned three-day mini camp only into one, um, and he quoted as saying, "I just felt like we crossed the finish line, particularly with the veterans. Today's focus was spending time with the rookies. The rookies then, um, this is that's the end of his quote. But the rookies then spent individual time with their positional co- coordinators and coaches. That was today. Yeah. Yesterday yep. was a bonding day. Uh, they actually went to Top Golf and all that. Yeah, <laughs> all that we, yeah me, me and Lord and I, uh, kind of uh, spoke about that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, the only thing I will say from Minicamp, I made notes on day one. Ninety Of all the 90 players on the roster, uh, the only guys, um, so you had Drabil Cox, Damone Clark, um, both on the sideline doing rehab injury work. Yep. And the only guys not participating, C.D. Lamb, J. Ron Curse, James Washington, Michael Gallup. That was it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've been for various reasons trying to find out. We know about James Washington. 
Lamb and Curse is a bit of a question mark there, and they're keeping a bit of a, a tight seal on that. Um, my other notes, Tony Pollard um, worked as an outside wide receiver, which was quite interesting. So not even in the slot, was on the outside. Um, still, they they used him as, um, as a running back as well, but lined up several times outside. Good one was uh, Jalen Tolbert catching a two-yard touchdown pass in the red zone. And red zone seems to be a, a focus at the moment on the install because they did struggle last year. Um, conversely, on another red zone play, <laughs> <laughs> um, out comes Trayvon Diggs and takes it the other way. Um, he got his ball, hand on the ball another uh, two or three times. I didn't write that down. Um, some interesting notes, mine. Simi Vahoko continuing yeah. on. I, I wouldn't say it's a massive step up of what you said, like from what I've been hearing. Like, mm -hmm. he, like it's progression. Like, Chris, he actually went on a pure decline from training camp last year and didn't yeah. even get to see any game time. Not even really on special teams. He didn't even make that, like, get on that. So mm -hmm. for, for him being, like, what was he, a fourth round draft pick last year? Fourth round? Um, Simi was... Through. Was he not fifth? Yeah. Fifth I, think round. Was, I think he was later. It was in Well, well, well anyway, yeah. like for like you, you for him. He was day kind of, three, a day three. Pick. Yeah, well, it was a day three. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. The point is, though, he does still have a lot to prove, especially now that we've brought in like so, a uh, these young guns like from the uh, undrafted free free market yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they're the rookies; they're the ones that are trying to push a one season year veteran out the door, essentially. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot on his plate right now, and he needs to really step up. So, a bit from what I'm seeing from seeing in the reports, it has been small, small, gradual progression. So, yeah, yeah, oh, he's oh, making oh. mistakes. But that's where I want the mistakes to happen is on the practice field. Yeah, I think there was one play. I think there was one play in particular where it was. I think his biggest problem was the separation. That yeah. was his, I, that was one of his biggest ones, and he did manage to get away. And I think it was on Anthony Brown, and he did get, and he was pretty much clears mm -hmm. open in, in the end. Suddenly, so he just dropped the pass, yeah, and, it, yeah. and, it, and it would have been a it would have been a touchdown essentially. It, it was a concentration draw. It, it was. It really yeah, was. Yeah. 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 In, in the easiest degree. Um, another guy I noticed, LVE, mind you, he's been making a bit of a splash, but TJ Vasher as well seems to be the the um uh. The, the wide receivers making moves at the moment. We spoke about TJ Vasha in the wide receiver. Um, you, you were with us on that one. So he does have a long yeah. way to go. Um, but there is that. And Tyler Smith is just doing Tyler Smith things, whether he's tackle or guard, he's just doing it, um, yeah. which is, is good to see. The only other note I did make, um, which was quite interesting, was kicker Jonathan Garabai. Kicking, um, uh, no goalposts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was kicking. Um, he did make a kick at a post, um, which he he did. Um, the only other one I know I, I did make is at fifty three yards. Um, he was making kicks, and when he hit the post, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah. So that's quite impressive. But do you guys think when we get to Oxnard, they'll have another kicker on the roster just for competition, or do you think this is going to be the way? They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. Like, like, especially if like you cannot go into camp with just one kicker and expect them to like, guarantee them the job. 
without yeah. any without anyone like on the back of the on the back of them to try and make the team like like I mean we had like what was it like last year we had uh Red the Leg and we had yeah. um Kai Forbath. Like I would have thought Brian Kai Forbath would have been the greatest thing ever because I thought if Forbath was actually outperforming Red the Leg then you would have kept him out because he's in the higher contract. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems that Bones stuck Bones stuck to his guys, so um despite this yeah, injury. We've got 90 players under contract at the moment. We have the exemption for um, Isaac at the moment, so uh, yeah, you can. Yeah. We potentially can sign another person. Um, we got rid of Nagar because of uh, at that point in time they were needing to create a space for down, somebody, yeah. but obviously they then um, got rid of Kyle Van, Z- uh, Van Zant, um, the safety mm-hmm. uh, undrafted free agent that they brought in. That and a linebacker to IR. Yeah, pan out as well. Yeah, you've got Devontae Bond. Will, well, he'll he'll remain on the roster until they get to training camp and then exactly. make a decision yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's potential to sign somebody. It's just a case of try. I, I'd imagine this next month they'll try and um, maybe even have some sort of kicking carousel and bring people in and... Um, you know, have have uh, street free agents coming in and having kicking competitions to see who yeah. who does well and signs signs on the camp. And uh, one last guy before we move on to the defensive tackles uh, and get talking here, a guy that we'll talk about a bit more once we get to the cornerbacks in a few weeks' time is um, is Isaac Taylor Stewart. He's having a bit of a, having a, bit of a good run. Yeah, he's having a good run at the moment. So a guy we'll keep an eye on. Um, but let's, shall we guys, move on to what we're here for. The yes. tackle positions. And lucky yep. for us, we have two guys that play defensive tackles. So should be really, really easy to get through this. Um, now, personally, you know, like I do like love the whole scouting thing. I love scouting defensive tackles. It's so much fun to watch. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's... But the, 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 the trouble I think a lot of people get with defensive tackles is because this is like a fantasy football and a, a stat-driven league, people always look at defensive tackles, go to it, go tackles, sacks, pressures, tackles for losses, and go, uh, and you're just like, well, no, it's quite selfless position when you think about it. Mm. That really you're there to give yourself up so that other people around you can make the play. Um, so I think like people sometimes look at it the wrong way. I don't know what you guys think. Do you think it's the fantasy football thing that comes into play? I th- I think so, and I think it's obviously they don't. You know, again, it's not a sexy position for yeah, commentate yeah. for commentators. Mad Madden used to obviously he liked the big boys. He liked obviously Nate Newton on the offensive line. Defensively, yeah. like guys like Vince uh, Wolfert for the um, Patriots. Yeah, um, you for know, the character sort of side of it, like. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, as you say, I mean, particularly the one technique. The one technique is mm. never going to, never going to compile the stats. But the only people that it actually matters whether he does a good job or not is the coaching staff. If yeah. he's doing a good job and he's taking on the double teams, allowing the, the defensive ends to have a single single man, yeah. the, even the three technique, I mean, 
again going back to when I played, I played one technique and we had a a really fantastic guy, uh, James Kerr, playing. Um, he ended up playing for Scotland as well. Um, he he was playing a three de- three technique defensive tackle, and I mean he was so fast off the ball that because I was taking on the double teams. He was getting single covered, and they, you know they were having to use running backs to come up and chip him. No, um, no. And then that just left that that took basically four guys out of the play, and our defensive ends were ra- rounding the ball, linebackers on an occasional blitz, you know, and that's gone, Paul. I just, I'm sorry, I I just realised we forgot to cover something just early on in terms of news, like. And it's, it is Dallas related in okay. a way. It is well, Dallas related. Yeah. And so yeah. the, it's more to do with the FIFA World Cup, the announcement. <laughs> the announcement for uh, if Dallas gets selected as a city is uh, 3 p.m. Central Time. So, okay. so oh, right yeah. about now, then. Yeah, so we might find out if uh, Dallas is going to be hosting the World Cup. <laughs> no, don't don't say that's going to be another trip. I can't. I we're doing too many trips, yeah, especially with Ireland, with the college and everything else. But anyway, yeah, um, I agree with everything you said, Lorne. Uh, and you know they do have to give themselves up. And I, I like a statement I heard before was how clean your linebackers are is a good signal to how good your de- defensive tackles are, <laughs> and it's quite true. Um, I know we yep. spoke earlier as well about the NASCAR defense, which is something they could implement if they want to. They do have the guys to do it. Um, but let's start off, first of all, guys, with um, the first, the veteran uh, uh, defensive tackle on the Cowboys roster, Tristan Hill. Now, he's only 24 years of age. Contract year this year for him, 1.5 on the cap from UCF, taken in 2019 in the second round. If you remember, it was our first pick. Because uh, yep. we gave the first away for Amari Cooper, Cooper. who's no longer on the roster. Um, really, I mean, since then, he hasn't really done much. He looked like he was starting to come along last year. Um, we were starting to see some things. Um, and then just sort of, it, 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 it you know, because he started the season late, not until like yep. week nine or week 10 because the injury. The season before, was very much the same. And we were like, ooh, we got something here. And then it, it died out. But we did start to see something with him. And, you know, the the the, the Vegas game, the last Vegas game, is the one that sticks out with me, uh, with Tristan last season. But I think really with Tristan Hill, I think it seems to be he's so hot and cold. And I don't mean, I don't even mean by game by game. I mean by snap by snap. That this yeah, guy man. will be running hot for one snap and disappear exactly on the next one. Because this guy, he's got the snap anticipation, if you watch it. But and I can remember doing it, watching tape on him. And, you know, like on the little clicker on the bottom to just move one frame along and back again. Yeah. And I was doing that with Tristan Hill, watching him come off the snap. And it's not just his snap anticipation. That burst is incredible. Like, I was only clicking one forward and one back, and this guy was just a blur on the screen. And he was underneath yeah. the offensive lineman, and he was into the backfield. But he was going past this offensive lineman in just one one click as I'm trying to move the frame along. And it is incredible to watch. But I think everybody's issue with him is, one, his availability. 
and the other one is consistency. I don't know what you guys think with it. You kind of, yeah, sorry, Lauren, you go first this time, mate. Well, I, I, I'd say you'd hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously, when he was coming out of college, the critique was that obviously it was a change of coaching staff midway through the season or yeah. midway yeah. through his college career. Um, they had different standards and he didn't always uh, live up to those standards. So he was actually ended up getting benched as a starter or, mm-hmm. you know, ended yeah, up being yeah, a, yeah. a bit player. Um, you know, he obviously, you know, Rob Marinelli, uh, Rod Marinelli was uh, raving about him when they drafted him, but obviously somehow he ended up in Rod's uh, doghouse uh, that year. <laughs> Uh, in comes Mike Nolan. You're stuck behind um, the, the big fridge that we we talk about. Um, I won't I won't mention his name. But Paul Paul's already um, shaking Don't his worry. head at that one. We'll just um, say DP. No, no. Yep. Okay. okay. <laughs> as, as as soon as he was let loose, you you saw him coming on. Um, only then to go back down with the, you know, he went out that same game with Dak. Um, oh, his injury oh. was there as well. Um, and then you come back in last season, he didn't get activated until about week 10 because he started on the blist. Um, you know, and again, you saw flashes of it towards the end of the season. A lot of that is, you know, it takes a while again to get bloodied um, and get used to the Battle the hard. whole speed of the game and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, particularly when you're coming off injury, and you know, as as they're talking about with Dak, where this year that Dak's going to be running the ball more now that he's he's got a bit more confidence in his leg. This mm-hmm. is going to be something that Tristan Hill will be looking forward to as well. That should should have a bit more confidence on that. But I think he's probably looking at the out on the outside in this year. Um, and again, as we've discussed, when we have these intra-squad scrimmages um, against the Broncos and the Chargers, if if at any point in time we're looking to make a trade with anybody, uh, I think Tristan Hill probably could be a bit of trade bait for something else. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, it, it is crazy, because when you think about it, the whole time he's been here, there's never been a huge... There's not a lot of conversation with him. Like, there's been stuff like, oh, he's not around, and oh, yeah, he's injured again, and oh, he's given a weird interview, you know, press conference again, you know, where he was not talking a lot. And you're just like, but that's really all it's ever been. Um, I think, um, I'm pretty certain, I don't know what you guys think, that unless he becomes like this crazy, all of a sudden superstar, that the right that, that this is it for him that this is it's the contract year and they're ready to move on i don't know what you guys think i think the cowboy i think he's on the last straw like we've yeah. brought we, we, like we're going to talk about the another guy we just brought in and mm. that's john uh, big gr john Ridgeway, yeah 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 like so like even though like he's cl- like even though but uh, the house classifies a defensive tackle mm. he can play nose if he wants to as well but the way I'm kind of seeing things right now, I've already got, I've already made my mind up who's like who I think will actually be in the 53 man squad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that that is um, 
the start of season four is us predicting uh, season three because obviously we've only got four more episodes of season three left uh, to go. But yeah, um, we'll we'll make we'll, we'll go that, and I'll probably join you on that, Paul, on that one, and be like, yeah, he might not even make the cut. But let's talk about the next guy, um, which I, I I got both a good and a negative comment for it. It's Neville Gallimore, and. Um, I'm sure if you remember a couple of years ago, we had Paul spinning in his chair, giggling quite a lot when <laughs> Neville Gallimore got drafted. Um, so he's 25 years of age. He's in the third year, which is very important. I always say defensive, offensive linemen. There's certain players where you want to give them three years. The third year will tell you exactly what they are because they've had enough time to put the weight on, learn the game, get the speed. Defensive linemen, certainly. So third year of a fourth year contract 1.2 mil this year on the contract um on the cap from oklahoma taken in the third round in 2020 now here's what i'm going to post straight to you paul this i think is probably the most important year of neville gallimore's career 100 percent, 100 percent. like if he's kind of like since he came back from that injury last year with the elbow yeah like the hyper-extension, yeah. Yeah, the hyper-extension. When he actually featured at the tail end of the season, he was disruptive. He was making plays. He yeah. was. So if he can continue on that that, uh, that form going into it, they have a good off-season program, we, uh, make sure that arm's really nice and rested <clears throat> up, go and feel nice and heavy. It's, honestly, I am willing to bet on this. Watch out for Gallimore this year. Watch yeah. out for him. This is the guy to look out for this year. Is my boy Neville Gallimore. Well, I, I, I'm going to stick up for him at this stage, right? Because, um, yeah, all right, he was injured and it was a nasty injury. And I can remember it happening in the preseason. Yeah. And all of us was on here talking about it like, ah, oh, crap, because we needed a guy like Gallimore. But, the, uh, you know, I was going through just some of his uh, stats and everything. And then one of the things I went to was his snap count, right? Now, this is where I have trouble, where I think the narrative has been a little unfair to him, that he played 61 snaps last year as a nose tackle. That, he's not a nose tackle. That's he's not fair. You can't he, do no. that to him. You can't no. do that, get bad results. He, he, he right? is and, a, he, he's, he's, a, he's a true... He, he's a true fetic, pretty much. No, he is. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And uh, what's ironic is the three games... Where um he plays nose he plays nose tech. Um he did get pressures, which is I mean, mad to he, say. I mean, but he, he can play he can play the one tech as well, but that, that's still classified as defensive tackle. But if you put him down to a zero, that's when you're still proper full on nose. That's what he was doing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, he's not he's not that. He's definitely yeah, he's, not. He's yeah, not he's, if you line him up as a zero rather than as a one tech, nah, mm. like like he needs to be half a man in, yeah, yeah. into the gap. He needs he, to be. Yep. He's not a two gapper. No. No. Well, uh, and... well, if he's if he's playing if he's playing from the free free tech position, then yes, he can. Yeah, possibly. If you if you're moving back into the into the a gap, he can do that, and he, mm. he's done that with Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. He has yeah, done that. Yeah. But and it's ironic that the games where he does play nose tackle uh was some of his worst games. Uh, you know, in terms of 
um, even tackling, he had some of his worst grades. And it's no no wonder if you're not comfortable playing there and you're not big enough and you're not able to shed. Because bear in mind, you're hat on hat with a centre who's going to be the bulky one of the bulkiest guys in the middle there um, on your offensive line. It's, it's hard to shift. Yeah, and, and, and this is yeah. where I, I, I do quite like, like and this is no shade to Adam Durdy or, or uh, Dan Quinn. Because mm-hmm. in general, they've done a, a fantastic job yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. Of, of turning it around. But I still do. It kind of seems to be a, a common thing throughout the Cowboys, not just in defense, but in terms of offense as well. It's like, who are we putting in at these certain positions? It's like putting Connor Williams at center, but it's like we're putting Neville Gallimore as a proper nose tackle. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. It doesn't really necessarily make sense when he's actually played most of his career as a one tech and a three tech. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think, again, to be fair, though, I mean, I think if you look at the, the roster that we had when Gallimore was activated again last season, Brent Urban, who was probably our one technique last year, he was, um, yeah. He, he'd, he'd already been consigned to injured reserve. Um, you could say that Carlos Watkins was a probably more of a one, but they were playing yeah. him as a three up as well. Down. They were playing um, him up and down. Y- yeah, they were just they were just trying to get whatever pressure they could. And I mean, mm-hmm. G- Galmore did a fairly good job last year. Play, you know, obviously it was his worst games in terms of statistically, but yeah. you didn't ha- you didn't have Bahana wasn't ready last year. No. 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 Potentially, he could be ready this year, and obviously, we'll get on to talking about him. And we've put we've put draft again further draft capital in in bringing Big Jr. in as Into well. Into the middle, yeah. Big Jr. They, they they are obviously looking at Gallimore being a three technique. Take the take the pressure off him. Have some clog it up. Then you can go to the NASCAR defense as we, as we're saying for uh, third down. If you, if you really wanted to, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to, yeah. So clog clog it up on the rundowns with the big guys. You've got Gallimore who can then freelance at, at, at the three technique um, and make the most of it. Make the most of his speed as well and get into the backfield. Um, yeah. Because it's ironic they, they they tried playing him at nose tackle against Philly. Doesn't pay off. He goes back then in the playoffs, back to playing free tech. And um, they, hold on, if I just go and check, I'll recheck that, yeah, he literally doesn't play in, he doesn't play into the A gap virtually at all or on the outside and has a really good game. Uh, in So they, uh, they played him limitedly, mine, which is understandable by, by the way the game was going. Um, so he takes uh, 21, he takes 30 snaps. And in that 30 snaps, three tackles and one hurry. So it's not bad, you know, for, for a defensive tackle playing that role. And he gets four stops. So he, he gets to run him, gets onto the running back four times. Perfectly ideal. That, you mm. know, you're saying, there you go. That, that, that is. And going back to my first comment is you have to be careful when looking at stats with defensive tackles because it's what they don't do on the stat yeah. sheet that is far more important than what they absolutely have i totally completely yeah. agree because they're the ones that are actually trying to open up the gaps for the linebackers yeah they're, they're the ones they're slowing things down yep 
Yep. If, yeah. like, if, if, if a nose tackle or a defensive tackle is getting two guys uh, blocking on them, then they're doing their job properly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And talking about facts. Facts. Yeah, just talking straight text. Um, but let's talk about the next guy as well, then, um, who has been a little bit of a, a I wouldn't say diamond in a rough. So we'll say a rusty. No, that's the wrong no. word. No, that's the wrong word too. A shiny pebble in the mud. Right. There we go. We'll go with that. It's Carlos Barkin, <laughs> 28 years of age. He's been signed to another one year deal. Um, he was signed to a one-year deal with the Cowboys last year. Signed again this year. He's from Houston. Um, they took him in the fourth round from Clemson in 2017. So um, it's quite an interesting player, Carlos Watkins. Because like he was very serv- he was very serviceable. <laughs> On a right. defense where we were having a lot of trouble, he was like a constant. Yeah, like, it didn't matter if you put him as the three or put him as the one. He was still. And he literally did. He mm. was. In offensive layman's faces, nearly mm-hmm. every single play, and it got up to the point where they was actually making Michael Parsons. It's like, oh, thank you very much. I will go through that a gap. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, well, and he, sh- he showed good agility as well when he yeah. when he had his interception against the Saints as well yeah. and rumbled yeah. back nine yards as well. I mean, good I was there. That. I was there. <laughs> And that was good awareness to do that as well. That's the thing because you think of that short space in, in, in like what's going to happen in that short amount of time to be able to pull that off. But to reiterate your point, Paul, because ironically, I looked at Carlos Watkins's snaps in terms of his where he was positioned after I did Neville Gallimore. So I was like, well, I wonder, because he was moved around a lot. He literally was uh, ninety snaps as a nose tackle, uh, as a three tech was the majority. So three hundred thirty six snaps. Um, out as a five tech, 30 snaps. Out as a pass rusher out over the tackle, 13 snaps over the season. I don't remember him doing that, but he did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, coming from the Houston system, he was in, he was, he Moving was a backup, a he was a backup in that three mm. four system. So, I mean, that three four system, you play the defensive ends at five techniques. Um, and you you have that nose tackle, uh, or play him slightly off as a one technique. Um, you know, again, you need to be quite um, uh, capable of adapting to each position, and he yeah. certainly showed that. And I think he brought a bit of veteran presence as well. Yeah, he brought a bit of veteran presence. I mean, because uh, him and Brent Urban were the the elder statesmen on that. Uh, interior defensive line last year so yeah um, and he doesn't seem to bother him either if it's a, a, an odd or an even front that he's playing in that he can, he knows how to use um his movement skills and the area that the the offensive line is using him which it which is really super important um obviously going against him is age because you know for a defensive lineman you know he's starting to get a bit long in the tooth now you think by the time he finishes he's going to be crouching 30 by the time next season kicks around because i think he's like 28 he's like 28 and maybe i can find that out like when his birthday is he's like 28 and i think he turns 29 in like november so you think if they keep him next year again he's going to be 30 when you get into the playoffs which i know there's some defensive tackles that managed to make a um uh, that managed to make a career of it into their 30s, but it's very 
few and far between. What are our expectations, though, with the current way the roster's built with other defensive tackles? What are your expectations for Carlos Watkins this year? Let us know at home, too, guys. Yeah, guys, get your comments in. Uh, yeah. Like, if you're on Twitter, guys, be sure that you need to jump into either YouTube or onto a Facebook feed if you want to leave a comment. Uh, but so, um, on, on you go, Lauren. Just um, initially, he is 29 now. Um, oh, according right, okay. to according to over the cap, so obviously his birthday's been fairly recent. In the few thinking he was twenty eight. Um, I have to double check. I can't remember. Yeah. What. I think his birthday's December or November. Right. I, I I think yeah. I mean, he's he's still. You, you do need that veteran presence, and I think you know that's something he can provide. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, at, at the moment he's still. Because, again, because he's um, he was only a sort of fill-in player throughout his career, he's probably still got tread on the tires. Um, mm-hmm. You can so you know his his abilities aren't on the downward the downward slide at the moment. Um, I think there's a good chance you keep him on as well. I mean, I think potentially you're looking at maybe keeping four or five defensive tackles this year. So. I could see him being one of the one of the five. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm I I think they'll they'll keep him certainly. Um, he's worth it. Let's look at the next guy. So really, these are the next group of guys. So um, not rookies anymore, class. Um, so we look at Osa Odigizua first of all, right, guys? Um, I pretty I I pretty like. Um, do you guys think plays the nose? Yes. He's got to play the three tag. He has yeah. to be. He has to play the three. Yeah, he it has, has to be the three tag. Big uh, shout he is to, big, like yeah. you said. Big shout out to Marcus there, man. Always bringing up. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's talk about Osa Odigizua. Now, the thing that stands out to me is I'm going to have to eat my words from my original comment about not looking at the stat sheet because Osa Odigizua ended up finishing the season as a rookie from the defensive tackle position, playing the three tag. Um, with three sacks and 38 pressures. Now, I didn't need, I knew he was having a good season, but I was just like, really? He had that many? Um, 26 sa- uh, tackles. I almost said sacks then. <laughs> 26, 26 tackles. Uh, to add on top of that, 19 defensive stops as well, which is insane, right? Um, now, bear in mind, Osa pretty much played. All of the preseason snaps, <laughs> they really put him through the ringer. Um, I think there's a lot to work with there, but but a lot of people will say this about his complaint is that um, that you could see throughout the season, and I think he hit the rookie wall and playing all those snaps in preseason to get him up to speed had an effect on him because as the season progressed, you could see he was fatigued. I don't know what you think. Sorry, who are we talking about here? Sorry. Osa, 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 right. Okay, right. Yeah, I mean, obviously he did hit the rookie wall. I mean, these guys are, when you're in college, you're used to playing only 10 10 games, having a month off, then going off and playing your college your college bowl game if your team's yeah, yeah. qualified for one then getting your then you go off and you get yourself Texas. ready yep okay 
<laughs> Go on, carry on. Um, hey, we still beat Georgia a couple of years ago, but then yeah, um, you know, but um, you then go off, you spend two, three months getting ready for the draft, which normally involves you spending a lot of weight, getting down, being able to pr perform drills that you're never actually going to use in terms of, you know, 40 yard dash, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. which obviously you're hoping to bring your stock up. Then, you know, it's a case of you, you go straight into OTAs, you're, you're not ready for OTAs, um, you know, you've got to then build yourself back up for the rigours of training camp, yeah. playing all these preseason games. Then you get to sort of week nine, week ten, and that's it. You hit the wall, and I think he certainly did this year. And, yeah. and then couple in the fact that obviously Gallimore was activated again. Then um, Tristan Hill came in as well. Yeah, that gave them a chance to spill him a bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, as you say, what was it, 36 pressures? I mean, I, I do remember watching some of the games in the early part of the season, and you're going, Christ, he's, 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 one, he's, two steps, he's mm. one, two steps away from getting a sack. Um, yeah. And it, it, it was forcing guys like Sam Darnold to, yeah. in that Carolina game to throw the ball early, double clutch the ball, whatever, and make, make the errors. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that was looking good. If he can, as long as he doesn't have a sophomore slump this year, yeah. then um, you know, which I, I think the the one thing that you're seeing from the defense this year, especially in the OTAs and the, the the mini camps, there, nobody is talking about the success that they had last year. Mm. It is a very much our. It's going blue collar. It's coming in lunch pail. Sit down, have your lunch get on with it and just be workmanlike with everything. And I think these guys are are focused on the task in hand. They want to have the success ultimately in the playoffs, but they know that it's take it each play at a time, each week at a time. Mm. Um, and I think you're seeing that this year. Yeah, because the, 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 everyone always used to talk about the Cowboys offense, like how high-powered high, how high powered the Cowboys offense is. I think that dynamic is slowly shifting towards the defense with osa being one of those guys in it because the what i like about osa is he's, he's like this bowling ball you know when you watch him he's just like that bowling ball that just crashes through i really yep. like that about him uh, and you know a lot of people his issues with him were because he played i don't know his his older brother used to play for the giants and his negative was um he was lazy that you know, as the game yeah. progressed, he would get yeah, lazy. Yeah, we do not want an hour lazy defensive tackle. We don't want an hour one. And I think that's what they were doing with him last year, which is why they gave him so many snaps, was to mm. make him push through that mental barrier of being lazy. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that he's anything like his brother, because he's not. But uh, we'll be interested. Oh, no, 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 I was just making a reference of the player I don't like to talk uh, about. I know, I know. The man who should never be named. But, yeah. yeah, he was taken in the third round in 2021. So he's in the second year of a four-year contract, 1.1 on the cap. So, yeah, UCLA guy as well. So he just missed out on a very good coach there. Um, but let's look at the next guy, Quinton Bohana. Um, nose tackle. Uh, 23 years of age from Kentucky, taken in the sixth round in 2021, same draft as Bahana. Um, so uh, he's 870 this year on the cap, 
what are you guys uh, your expectations for Quinton this year? Because he's got a bit of competition, which is the next guy we're going to talk about. He needs to step up. So plain yeah. and simple, step up. Plain and simple. Do you yeah, think I he mean, had that... chance to do to, to to be able to display much though? Last year, last year, no, I don't think he has. Mm. Um, and I think obviously, again, per, perhaps what the coaching staff were thinking is that he being drafted in the sixth round. Yeah, the Cowboys normally get a few diamond in the rough mm-hmm. in the sixth round, but um, you know, it, you're drafting on traits. Yeah. And, you know, obviously one of the things that they drafted him on was the size that he, size, he yeah. can he can provide. Yes, they've got, they've brought in uh, Ridgeway as well this year. Mm-hmm. I could see them, you know, spelling each other, them being the rotational one, one techniques this year. Mm. Um, and, but I think Bahana, I mean, if he's, if he's adapted well this off season with the, the whole strength and conditioning program, um, lean down a little bit, not too much, but still, you know, able to play that that one technique better. Um, it it remains to be seen what he can do in camp, but um, you know, the vision is that him and Ridgeway will be challenging for the start in one technique. Absolutely, yeah, that, that, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you, and I'll ask you this then, Paul, right? Because you know, Lorne was saying to it there, you know, the spell situation, they got John Ridgeway. Um, so he was taking big JR, big big JR. JR, Arkansas guy as well, um, which Jerry is obviously going to be loving. 760k this year on the cap, taken in the fifth round, right? Now, here's what I have, and tell me what you think, Paul. I think, depending on how Quentin Bonahana has uh, developed, because that we can't attest to, the competition is between these two, but John Ridgeway is basically Quinton Bahana, but with better mobility. I would say something a bit more than that. He's got more nasty about him. And that and, too, and, yes. and, and we've already already witnessed that between him and bloody Josh Ball having yeah. a strap. Yeah. So that, to me, wins me over already. Because <laughs> like, like, and, and Lauren can speak for himself on this as well, because if it's for me, like, I want my I want my guys to be end up having nasty. that fu- that nasty yep. competitive mm-hmm. street, like it's gonna like cause a lot of like struffles and stuff like that. It's yeah. all name. It's all name of the game. Like, man, that's it. We just need. We need something just to kind of like who's not willing to give a flying f, pretty yeah. much. Yep. Because they they're as, both going to be playing that nose tackle, so that the run stopper in the middle. I can't personally see them having the two. I just don't see it. I don't see. I think they will. I think they will. I don't think they will. He Uh, can't uh, afford to have both. Unless one of them, maybe Ridgewood, no. But maybe uh, it shows some diversity on special teams. That's the only way I can see it. No, right. So. So, how many guys are we going to cover more? Because I want to kind of break down who I've got as my, like my the guys I think is going to make the roster. Yeah, well, we'll do that episode one, season four. But we oh. got um, defensive end next week, so we got four more episodes left of season three. So it's defensive end, linebacker, cornerback, safety. Because for me, like. You still need a backup nose tackle, regardless. You still need an R one. 
Okay. I, I would I would still rather have Ridgeway than as a one. Due to the volatility of position, yeah. Ex exactly. Right. Okay. Like and and likes of the the free tech, then you could probably drop the more flexible in and out more mm -hmm. towards so. And if it come, really comes to it, you can shift them at like take the take the nose tackle out as the zero and put in his uh, put in like a Watkins as your one tech, for example, and have that more dynamic of a forefront or whatever. So, it, and just yeah, I mean, it's I really do see like we we're gonna we're gonna have to we will need a back at like like a second stringer at every position, regardless this year. Like, yeah, like, and, and that not just, I'm not just talking about even the line, I'm, I'm talking about everywhere. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll need a second string for everything, like, and, and, and this kind of goes back to saying what we were talking about, like, when we're talking about in the news and stuff like that, in terms of the ticker competition and stuff like that. Yeah, like, like obviously, we're gonna be keeping one ticker in the 50 v man squad, but we're still gonna need an R ticker for competition. But in terms of this, though, going into the 50 man squad, like, I, I think it's gonna be three nose tackles and three def defensive tackles, it's gonna be in that roster. I, th I think the main thing as well is that, uh, and this is building on what Paul's saying as well, the Cowboys teams of the past, uh, of the recent past, you've had great guys as your starting lineup. You haven't had the depth this year, and per perhaps it started last year as well. You've got the depth this year. You've got guys that can come in and contribute. And as Paul says, you need the quality. You need that quality as a as a backup for injuries and everything. So I can see Bahana's keeping the job here. I can see Bahana and Ridgeway perhaps the playing the one technique, um, and then that allows Watkins, uh, Odigizuwa, and Gallimore. Um, and we've not even got onto talking about Goldston yet either, as well. So, well, Goldston, I'm saved for the defensive end. Right. Okay. Right, right. Right. I will say this about Goldston. Right. He is a guy you can still have as your defensive. He, he, 100%, 100%. Right? Yep. he is going to be primarily as a defensive end, but I do see him being shifted inside on the rare occasion. No. You want to use like that slanting defense. Be, uh, he's going to be utilized like yeah. the next like a Tyron Crawford scenario. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That, that, like that... if you want to, if you've got like that slanting defense that you want to bring in and you want to put Golson in, perfectly ideal because the mismatch that that creates. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know that that's perfectly ideal. Um, we'll talk about Golson next week because he's somebody we do need to focus on because a lot of when we talk about player development, that guy is like right. At the I've, got a lot, I've got a lot. I've got a lot of hype running for Dawson right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I personally. Yep. And I know Jamie is a big fan of him, and he he likes him very much. So I'll, I'll um, like them. I like hopefully, them. we'll get big game James on next week, and we can screw that over with him. But let's talk about the last two guys and tell me what you guys think if they make it or not. Um, so the first one is Josiah Bronson. Um, he was a free agent from the Saints. He's on a two-year deal, 860k on the cap this year. They're not beholden to him at all if they do decide to move off from him. He's a restricted free agent in 2024, by the way. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent, played Washington University, the Huskies. And the other guy is Austin uh, Fialua. Undrafted free agent this year, 780k. He is an exclusive right free agent in 2024 from Oregon. Any of those guys you think are going to 
make a push, practice squad, rotation. I'm not entirely too sure, but congratulations on pronouncing his name, by the way. That is a wee bit of a tongue twister, to be honest. Especially with everything else. Aye. Um, I, had, I had a close one the other day on a different one. On a different yeah, but uh, back to the question. Uh, uh, back to the question. Um, That's very close. These guys, are they know the situation that they're in. Like They know their best chances is pretty much trying to get into the practice squad, I would say. Like, and this is not me trying to sugarcoat it or anything like that. This is me being straight up about it. Yeah. So, um, because when you've got the guys like as your like your first stringers, you could probably say it could be a mix up between Gallimore and Watkins, or it could be uh, whoever, depending on the scenario of how we run our defensive line. If it's going to be a free front or a forefront or that type of hybrid um, defensive line, um, who knows. Um, but they know their their backs are against the wall. And they if they're trying if they're going in there to try and set uh, an example, they have yeah. to go up and show up big. They need to outperform the guys that we've just been talking about all night. And and speaking about of a, a mystery person that's just arrived here, Mister Austin Powers has just commented, "Hey, hey, ah, ah. back in the building, royalty, ah. like." Well, <laughs> I know um, uh, Austin, he did play in one particular game. Um, I'll try and find out. He played in week four against Carolina. Um, yep. And he ha- he played in 13 snaps. And in that those 13 snaps, he got two tackles. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he, he basically was, he's looking at, as Paul says, he's looking at probably a practice squad and hoping that he gets activated at, at various points throughout the season. I think um, he he would really need to ball out during camp to yeah. to unseat anybody that's yeah. above him. Um, same with Bronson as well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think Bronson, for me, Bronson was like a, a filler to just like, to, to cover them to be a safety blanket if yeah. everything yeah. went apart. Uh, uh, yeah. Don't forget that. that don't forget that being said, it's like who knows? We could still like I know the the Jones family have saying we could still make some more acquisitions to the team and stuff like that. It could happen, but yeah, it's like if we do, then it forces these guys more out the window. Really, yeah. If they like, do take anybody on, I see it being linebacker. It has to be because it we're so, yeah. in terms of the, the numbers for we've got for labor are very short right now. Yeah. And you think like primarily as well, when you think of like special teams, it's usually mm-hmm. made up of linebackers, you know, those guys further down. Because like if you're not going to use linebackers, then you've got to use wide receivers. So then think about your wide receiver goal we got now. And you're just like, no, I don't yeah. want to do that either. So you need linebackers on the roster to, to cover you at least for that. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll wait and see what happens with um, these two other guys. Austin, I think, is the guy that could be the guy that hangs around on a practice squad, perhaps. Um, Who are you talking about? You talking about the defensive tackle, or are you talking about our yeah. good friend Austin Powers? Uh, <laughs> he sticks yeah. around. He's always around. Yeah, so it's good to see you always coming back on the show, my man. <laughs> hope, you, hope, you, hope you're well, good man. Hope Returning well. names. We like. We love everybody, as we always say every week, guys. You are our MVPs. Um, but that is it for the defensive tackle position. 
So next week is defensive end. Like I said, when we get to the O-line, as we did last week, it's defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker, quarterback. You just go, wow, this is the best bit of doing this part. <laughs> As no. As no. <laughs> yeah, yep. it starts off slow, you know, because you do the quarterbacks and you're like, yeah, hey, what can you talk about? And then you get to this bit and you're like, oh. Yeah, I love this. Um, so, yeah, next week, and then we are slowly winding down season three. And then sweet season four of this show's kicking off with a brand new look and feel and everything. You're going to love it. Um, so, yes, guys, we will be uh, wrapping it up slowly here. But we are not wrapping up for next year, 2023. Make sure to go on our social media to check our package deal for uh, once in a lifetime experience for anyone wanting to travel outside of the United States of America. We've got a great deal for you guys. Go check it out. And if you're going to a game this year, book it through these very lovely people here and make sure that we, you told them we sent you. Uh, and lastly, here's all the other guys we all know and love. You know and love them too. Um, that's why we tell you to follow them. Um, but that's it, guys. How do you think oh, that went? Feel good? Uh, feel good. Uh, well, I will do say before we finish off on a later note is, uh, yes. is anyone, has anyone seen the new Logos trademark logo? The new what? The Eagles have changed their logo. Yeah. Oh, no. I saw, I saw the Saints have brought out a new alternative. I have to. I, lovely. I'm, I, I was going to say, say it, it yeah. looks nice, I have to admit. <laughs> I just want Dallas to do an like, um, all-white helmet or like the all-blue helmet or something like that. Yeah. Like, like, just give us something of a different, you know, like, rather than the silver and the, and the blue star. Like, I know we're, we're very traditional, but we need something you know but anyway <laughs> uh, it's, clo it's close enough it's close enough austin it's close enough but either way the both of our logos are absolute trash i will say that anyway <laughs> yeah don't know logos we'll have a new one too for this show uh that's all uh, yes i uh, yes so uh sh shall i say this actually yes I, I, you, yeah yeah so as you know uh, uh for season four uh we're going to rebrand this back to as UK Cowboys Fans TV because this is what it's all about. We are UK Cowboys fans. We don't we don't want to kind of make it feel like it's two separate entities. We're going to combine it as all as one because that's what we are. We're the UK Cowboys fans and we're just here to talk about it. And as when it comes to season four, we're going to have a nice new layer. Well, not new layer, but nice new graphics, nice new introduction style. Um and yeah, it's gonna be and half gonna... time and during the season, half time and full time discussions. Oh, that as well. I didn't know, know that one. Yeah, we yeah. I spoke about it here on on a uh, Twitteration unit. I did. <laughs> I did speak to you about it. Half I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. You talk about it off air. Anyway, guys, we will leave you to it. Have a nice weekend. See you next Thursday when we talk pass rushes. These guys are going to take it all out. Later. Catch you later. Go Cowboys. Yeah, have a great week, guys. Catch you next week. <laughs>